Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy and the Starlight Beacon, 
This is the Force Center Podcast feed. I'm Kevin. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and I'm happy to be on the Starlight Beacon where it is all happening. That's the place where all the Jedi meet. <laughs> you know, I love staying in hotels. I think you do too. You and I can hold down a hotel lobby bar pretty damn well. And the Starlight Beacon's like a great hotel. It really is. It is the Jedi convention. That's the way they should advertise Starlight Beacon. Is like, yeah, it's like the opposite of the Death Star, but also it's like San Diego Comic Con for Jedi. Yeah, and Republic Senators. So true, so true. Uh, we are we're going to dive into a test of courage on Thursday. It's going to be a lot of fun, more High Republic. But uh, Joseph and I are here to discuss news, take your questions, catch up, uh, talk about the weekend's, uh, literally the weekend's uh, <laughs> Super Bowl performance. Uh, drop an E there. Uh, we're going to get to all that shortly, but we are going to remind you, remind you first that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, we'll have our Force Center Recommends, an audiobook we think you should try out on us. And then, uh, Joseph, we also have this offer for our friends at Force Center. That's right. We have an offer from Insight Editions. They are the publisher of a ton of great books and, in specific, great Star Wars books. Insight Edition is offering 35% off across their website with a special Force Center code. You can get your discount by entering the code FC35. Or you can visit the website with this link, insighteditions.com slash discount slash FC35. And this week, we are recommending the Insight Editions book, Star Wars, Knitting the Galaxy. Why? Because it looks cute and beautiful. And also, uh, my wife is a knitter, so I thought, maybe I should get this book for my wife. (laughs) So you can check it out with the code FC35. Love that. Check that out indeed. I think uh, our listener, Christy McGee, big uh, knitter and needle pointer, uh, you know, so maybe, that, maybe we need that star Wars needlepoint book, but you can also start with knitting as well. Uh, there you go. Check it out. Uh, we'll have the audio book a little bit later. Uh, Joseph, this was the superb Al weekend, the big game, the copywritten trademark championship contest. Uh, you actually sat down and watched a little bit as well. Uh, a lot to comment on. How was your weekend? Yeah, it was a good weekend. A busy week with lots of different projects, which is a good thing. Lots of uh, writing things moving forward, which is fun and nice uh, in, in this very difficult time to have anything <laughs> that gives you even the illusion yep. of forward movement is lovely and welcomed. Uh, and then, yeah, with the Super Bowl, you know, we've talked about it before. I was thinking about three years ago, you and I watched the Super Bowl together because we're waiting for the solo trailer which is just bonkers Mm -hmm. that that was three years ago but you know i'm not a not a huge sports guy i dabbled in playing soccer as a kid but i was never great at it uh briefly interested in the twins uh but then no one else around me was interested in the twins either the uh the sports (laughs) team the twins um obviously always interested in the skywalker twins uh but uh, I always really like watching the Super Bowl, partially just to kind of uh, feel connected and stay connected to uh, such a big part of our culture. You know, good, bad, or otherwise, sports is a huge part of our culture. And I always like watching the Super Bowl. And this year it felt like uh, I really wanted to watch to just have that sense of community and connection. Um, social media obviously can be super snarky. Sometimes I think even when when I agree with lots of opinions on on social media it can be overwhelming that they are so often <laughs> expressed from a point of uh, anger, even when I agree with the mm. opinions. Uh, so I, w- I wasn't sure what to expect. And it was a really nice time to just feel a little bit of a sense of, of connection of so many people mm. tuning into the same event. Um, I think there were a lot of 
fun jokes and fun observations about the uh, the commercials. That's kind of become a good joke that you watch the Super Bowl for the commercials, but it, it is also really like this fascinating study of all of these, you know, corporations or somebody who has scraped together a smaller company who has scraped together a ton of money to take their big shot. And it is a really interesting snapshot of the companies that want our money. What do they think America is? Who do they think we are? What do they think is going to appeal to us? You know, uh, it is uh, really interesting. And I have, uh, uh, I've never found a Super Bowl commercial entertaining. Hold <laughs> on. I, it's my little snarky thing. I, I, the Bud Bowl when I was a kid, when the football bottles with helmets would play. Like, look, there's been funny moments. I'm, I'm not sitting here to be a, a hater or anything, but I've always just been amazed. I, I just, I don't think any of them are funny. And I saw one of your tweets that it really encapsulates why I don't like them. They're just, what celebrity can we wedge into this pistachio commercial or this vacuum cleaner commercial? So just, but your point, like the Springsteen one, I, I love Springsteen. I, I didn't mind anything that was being said in that commercial, but it's like America's going to come together for a $80,000 Jeep. I'm like, I don't, there's just, I don't get any of it. <laughs> I just, I literally, yeah, fun. I tuned out the Springsteen one was writing a joke about a different <laughs> commercial. And then when people <laughs> were upset about it, I, I went back and watched it. And I, I definitely had some uh, concerns about it, including the, it, regardless of the message it still ends with and buy a jeep um yeah i think the the one i liked this uh this time around that tickled me because it was just so weird was uh the digital on candy valley <laughs> samuel jackson yelling at gamers <laughs> it just starts right. with gamers <laughs> uh you know and there's the star wars connection to me of you know i appreciate many many of his uh, roles yeah. and his great performances but you know he is a mace windu to me up to a point and i felt like he was yelling at Anakin and it was great. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's all fun. It's fun to be a part of something too. I mean, uh, something that's, uh, dare I say lighter, uh, there's always, you know, in, in a sense of, uh, you know, it's, it's a sporting contest and, and, uh, you know, the game itself was, was okay. I think, you know, I'm, I'm a sports guy too, but like Tampa Bay, they did so good that they turned it all boring. Uh, and, and Kansas city's got a good ball club, all those kind of things. It's really about gathering around the campfire and uh, Star Wars is part of that too. Every December or every when, when when there's a show, Amanda, like I love that feeling. And this this time, this age, it 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 carries even extra weight with what we've all uh, gone through and are still going through in many parts. So uh, yeah, I, I feel you, man. And uh, you're always still good at the tweets, anyways. Um, I can't believe that was three years ago. I know you were my apartment, and I, I didn't have a table yet, so we had to like sit on uh, you had to like eat some food on. Uh, a crate or yeah something. no i think it was like a crate from target and we had you you made a you made some meat of some kind and it was great there you go there you go so that is uh that is good. yeah that yeah is good. and it's like yeah, there's a i understand uh you know i i don't try not to caveat too much but i do caveat a lot that's yeah. a caveat of a caveat there's a lot of things swirling mm-hmm. around the super bowl that are real big uh real life issues and i i do recognize those and i am concerned about many of those issues uh, but i also wanted to focus on the pa- the fact that you know we are all connected and it was fun yeah. to feel that connection even though some of those points of connections means there are problems and we need to work through them yeah yeah it's okay to caveat i i i, I think i was on a twitch stream recently and and someone said you know, ken i think you're gun chef from social media you always seem to like don't want to double down on opinion or something like that and i was like well no i'm also just 
accounting for other people. <laughs> yes, I think that is a fine thing. I'll double down on that uh, opinion. I think it is just fine to be strong in your own opinion while also trying to keep in mind the perspective of others. <laughs> it's a little Star Wars thing. Uh, so did you, uh, any Star Wars, other than Sam Jackson yelling at uh, gamers, any other Star Wars? No, this is honestly, I didn't have many Star Wars adventures uh, because my main Star Wars adventure uh, this week was reading A Test of Courage and thinking a lot about that. So we'll be talking about that for the Test of Courage uh, review. And I read the uh, next couple of uh, High Republic comics. Uh, so all that stuff. Mm. Uh, the only, I, I did have a weird uh, Star Wars related dream uh, last night, uh, I think it was probably from watching the Super Bowl and, and focusing on all these uh, celebrities. And, uh, you know, there's been so much speculation about WandaVision. It's really interesting to have that sort of MCU is very different from Star Wars, but very similar in the way it gets uh, discussed and analyzed in a lot of ways. So I think that was on my mind. But I had a dream that uh, Grogu had a Twitch channel. <laughs> And he, I think he was like taking questions, but it was just Grogu doing Grogu stuff. He wasn't answering. He wasn't speaking. He was just like yeah. playing it with things and kind of muling at the camera. And like, you know, it was a dream. So it went off into weird uh, logic spaces. But that was like the part yeah. of it that was I could center on like, yeah, Grogu has a Twitch channel and everybody seems to love it, even though he's totally unresponsive to his fans. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's like a good Twitch streamer. Uh, that's great. That's How about great. yourself? Did you have any specific uh, Star Wars or uh, non-Super Bowl life adventures? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, uh, taking some time for myself and trying to just um, slow down and doing a lot of things and, and getting prepped for Force Center and this and that and recording podcasts. So I tried to slow down this weekend. But, you know, you and I, yeah, we're studying uh, studying up on Test of Courage. going to cover uh, that on Thursday. Great read, a lot of fun. And then I got, a, I got a, all my comics from my shop mailed out to me. And you and I have talked about, uh, you know, do we, I, I know you're doing a little digital, but like just to keep up the High Republic, High Republic comics, I might need to go digital at least on that run. But I finally got a huge stack. So I got the first issue of High Republic, but I also caught up on the Vader comic. And this deserves, deserves maybe another podcast. I'm not liking it. Oh, wow. <laughs> so so I, I, I forced myself to sit and just like get through it. It's fine. It's fine. I have, I'm working through why. And that's the Force Center way too. I'm not just going you know, fist on table. I don't like it. I'm trying to figure out why it's not connecting with me as far as, as far as, uh, you know, uh, what's being presented and the connections. Cause there's a lot of rise of Skywalker connections, a lot of prequel connections, and I'm there for all that kind of stuff. It's not, not hidden with me. So I, I sat, I sat there last night reading all of them going, all right, I, I'm going to have to figure out why and, and give it also the chance to continue to grow on me and also reread them, you know, all those kind of things. But that was kind of a star Wars. Yeah, thing. absolutely. I've read the, I read um, the first arc of the vader mm. comic um dealing with the immediate you know post-empire vader uh reactions but yeah. you're you're getting into like what the second third arc it's like i'm up to i, I think there's 10 issues now and i'm up through issue nine i have okay. to go maybe pick that up um and look i didn't spoil it for anyone but you know you got you know, ochi bastoon you got the eye of webbish bog all these things and uh you know it's good stuff it's just it's just not hitting and i don't again i don't know Ooh, why well this will be fun to examine together at some point. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see where it goes. But did that. Other than that, you know, I've been watching Deadwood again, uh, the old uh, HBO show. And I love that show. Grace has not seen it before. So we're going through it. And without a doubt, watching Deadwood has made me decide, yeah, I'm going to fire up Red Dead Redemption 2 again. <laughs> and, but I'm not replaying it. I'm just going into my completed story where my character is. 
And Joseph, I'm just, I'm just literally going around the land and saying hi to people, stopping, playing some poker, eating and leaving and going to the next town. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> I, and I'm not even running fast. I'm not taking a train. I'm slowly going over the hillside if it's raining. So, and I'm taking a nap. Like, I don't know what's happening. You're just moseying <laughs> so on a horse, right? It's so relaxing. To yeah. Me. I'm. Uh, no, yeah. go ahead, please. Uh, no, I, and it's amusing to me, but it's just like literally that's all I'm doing. I'm going from town to town. I picked up one bounty and I didn't kill the guy. <laughs> I, I put a rope on him and I brought him back to town because I wanted to be nice. Like I it's it's been fun. It's been relaxing. A little zen. Yeah, well, I think I think uh, it makes a lot of sense in a time where we can't uh, just mosey around and go into yeah. bars that you might want to do that on a horse in Old West times. Uh I don't know. I've also just been kind of working, thinking through for myself. Uh, I think I know this is going on for me. I, I assume it's going on for other people as well, that uh, there's this weird contrast between uh, there's a, a similarity to our days because of a uh, pandemic for a lot of us. Um, but also because of the way we consume media and the way we uh, take on lots of different ideas and different projects, that there's a there's a real peace in just doing kind of one thing for as long as possible because your mind is just on one thing. And I know I'm trying to find, you know, ways and times to do that where it's just like, I'm going to pick one media and I'm just going to watch Dr. Who today, or I'm just going to be in star Wars land today or, you know, in a video game like that just sounds so great to just be, this is where I am. I'm in the old West and I'm going to stay here. Yeah. 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 I think there's a lot there. And the weird thing, weird thing about the bar, you, you might be right. Cause I love that part of the game. But like I am going from town to town to every bar and I'm just sitting playing around and having some chicken or a peach cobbler <laughs> and just sitting in the bar as this video game character. It's real. I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, I would be happy if I know like there's versions of uh, like like uh, Grand Theft Auto, right? That's like super accurate to Los Angeles. Like I would be happy to play that with like out any of the violence and just be like, I'm just going to go to Muso and Frank and have a cocktail. I did that with that game, L.A. Noir, uh, which was, uh, you know, disappointing to some folks. And, and it, the gameplay itself was a fine. But I literally would get in my car and just drive around and be like, oh, that street goes there. Oh, I never did take 4th Street all the way down. <laughs> so. Yeah, Fountain is how you get into Hollywood. Got it. Great joke, everybody. Oh, wow, yeah. Got it. Got it. So that's uh, that's our Star Wars. Uh, moseying through our Star Wars adventures. Uh, can't wait to uh, talk Test of Courage on Thursday. We'll get into that. But let's get into the news right now. And uh, our first headline is Bad Badge coming this spring. Well, we shall see. This, of course, uh, we want to shout out to the fine folks at Star Wars News Net. We always go there, just kind of, you know, they, they, they put a lot of stories in one great place for us. And we'll link out. We'll always try to go to the original article. But uh, we want to shout out them and Grant Davis kind of putting this one out here of uh, the official D23 website uh had a little a press release previewing the upcoming episode of uh episode their issue of uh, their magazine which is disney 23 Ooh, so fancy and it's uh it's got a feature it's coming out late february all right it's got a feature uh interview with d bradley baker who of course voices the clones and the spotlight is on him with Bad Batch, because uh, we got to imagine he'll be doing all five main characters yep. um, in, in the show. So uh, this kind of, it's, it's speculation, let's be clear, speculation, but it just kind of tracks, Joseph, that the Bad, Bad Batch 
should be coming, looks to be coming, spring 2021, just a couple months away here. So, uh, number one, do you really think this means that? Uh, and two, uh, are you, I want to know this. Are you truly ready for the Bad Batch? Oh, yeah, I got to do even more emotional processing to be ready for the Bad Batch. I'm super excited for it uh, for numerous reasons we've talked about uh Recently on that animation episode, and we talked about during the news, too, of just I like those characters. I like the idea of who are the clones going to become, even these very different clones, when suddenly the clones are not the focus of the galaxy anymore. And all the different things happening in that era between the Empire rising, the, uh, you know, embers of the Separatist uh, rebellion being put out, maybe some uh, Jedi hunting, uh, certainly crime rising, criminal uh, syndicates rising, all that great stuff. All that era is really fascinating to me. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited after our animation episode two to just really focus on, hey, this is you can see it as just, hey, it's it's another Star Wars show. It's a continuation of, of Clone Wars. It's awesome. Uh, but how important that is to keep the animation flag flying. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for it. Uh, and I'm excited for everybody to experience it and focus on it together in the Star Wars community, too. Yeah, I'm excited for that part of it. And, and this is the, hey, anytime there's new Star Wars, whether you crack open a comic book or... Uh, even a middle grade reader here like we did this weekend and, and the last week reading Test of Courage. Like you just, I just love a new Star Wars story rolling out in front of you. And so I'm excited for that. I was asking myself more than anything, am I truly ready for it? I, I am. I, I got to gear up a little bit um, to, you know, uh, that communal experience can be a, a, a rose with a prickly thorn <laughs> every now and then. And I just got to, for me, uh, just I'm like, all right, ready for more new weekly Star Wars. It gets scrutinized and compared against anything that came before it. Um, and I, I'm ready this time. I'm going to approach it with a good positive heart yeah. and not worry about that. And and Mando kind of got me down a little bit in Mando season two at times. And it maybe um, colored some of my uh, view of the show at times. Uh, and, and it's always nice to move away from when the show's on air and you can kind of really process what you enjoyed about the show, uh, which I am am and already i've done with mando too but that's part of it too of just like all right here we go weekly star wars i'm ready for the conversation joseph yeah i mean we're in such an interesting time of it shifting right because i think this focuses on on mando for lots of reasons but one of it being it is you know the live action uh banner carrier for star wars right now and yeah. i do it does seem like i don't remember there being a lot of well, no, there was. You're right. Uh, I was going to say for Clone Wars Season 7, I, I didn't remember a lot of negativity, but you're right. There was some, this is so much better than X, Y, or Z, other Star Wars. Um, yes. So hopefully Bad Batch will be different enough that it it, it doesn't uh, cause as many of those comparisons, uh, but I will brace myself right there <laughs> along with you <laughs> to enjoy it for what it yeah. is and then also realize that uh, you know a, a lot of people do just want to discuss things based on comparison instead of just enjoying it as another piece of the tapestry of Star Wars. Yeah, I'm going to try really hard because it, it's even even this weekend I've started to see articles of um, what WandaVision does that Star Wars fails at. Like, <laughs> I, I'm starting to see that. And no, no shocker, right? Absolutely no shocker. And I, I just got to know that that's always going to be there. That always was there. I've got to choose and do a better job for myself to to go towards the light. And, you know, let Bad Batch stand on its own merits. Uh, maybe it's great. Maybe it isn't as good as we want it to be. Who who knows? We'll find out. And then I can tap into that joy of, hey, new Star Wars stories. This is going to be fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm really curious to see kind of what the level of focus, it, you know, it will 
uh, invite. Um, I really believe this spring yeah. date uh, because, you know, I was chatting with uh, my friend uh, Ken Plume, uh, who I've mentioned before, a podcaster. Uh, he's uh, the fella who, who brings me to Dragon Con, great guy all around. And we were talking about how fascinating this year is for the Disney Plus rollout to see how much mm-hmm. Disney is going to want to allow different things to shine. Because, you know, right now, uh, WandaVision is, is driving conversation, which is great. Uh, and then we got, you know, confirmation that Falcon Winter Soldier starts up uh, in late March. So it makes sense to me that Bad Batch would maybe get a premiere around May 4th, which gives, mm. you know, the first two Marvel Disney Plus shows uh, some room to breathe and room to have the focus. On the Star Wars side of things, it leaves the High Republic to be the big thing in Star Wars. Uh so it really makes sense that Bad Batch would swoop in around that May 4th time. But at the same time, I'm also wondering, like, at some point, they're just going to want to be having as much content as possible. Uh, and that's it's just fascinating to me to see at what point is it are they going to continue to be like, we want to let this be the focus of conversation now and then we'll put this out. Or are they going to get to that point where they don't care as much that one specific thing is the topic du jour and they just want as much content out as possible, you know, and we'll have three episodes of a, of three different star Wars shows and two Marvel shows all in the same weekend. Think of the podcast. Think of the <laughs> podcast. That's a great point. And, and, you know, Disney plus is slightly different than say Netflix or, or a Hulu or something where it's just like, that's presented as we are your new TV state, your TV package, you know, you, you don't need direct TV. You got us, you can watch live with Hulu stuff or, you, you know, and you got a whole flight, a slate of shows, you know, uh, many networks, CBS, NBC, all the face are represented where Disney plus still has that view of me of, uh, to me of just like, Hey, like you, like you said, like you and your buddy Ken are talking, like it's Mando right now. It's WandaVision. It's, and then you want to keep those conversations. But at some point, I think you're right. I think they just go, here's what it is. Good luck, YouTube channels. <laughs> Trying to find time to compare all these things, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and uh, I'm kind of excited for that time. Cause then, it, then it's, always um these properties a little less pressure on them you know i don't think there's a ton of pressure on bad batch i think you're right about the live action versus animation uh in the field there but um um you know what i mean like just it'll just be one of many things right now that you could watch yeah yeah and, and i think in our uh sort of all in uh star wars community uh podcasters and, and podcast listeners i think it'll it'll be the focus but i don't know that it will have that same level yeah. of curiosity that mandalorian does or that you know wandavision and falcon and Witcher soldier do because they're not just television shows uh, any of those they are this new on one hand they are the new way that uh entertainment and storytelling might work uh and then at the same time they are you know shockingly old school and there's one division in particular has been driving that conversation that it's this bold new mm-hmm. thing of like a movie series is now going to continue and is a is a weekly television show that's that's just bonkers that's so new oh no wait it's a it's a weekly television show and in fact it's a yeah. television show about television shows <laughs> yeah right. so it's fascinating right. stuff and to see how bad batch kind of slots into this new wave of the way we enjoy our entertainment is going to be really cool to see. Cool to see indeed. And all these new shows, uh, you know, recognition does follow Mandalorian. Uh, got a lot of award nominations following season one. And now it looks uh, like that trend is going to continue. Uh, we've got uh, the news the past week. The Mandalorian was nominated for the best television show drama. 
uh, for the 78th annual Golden Globe Awards. So start paying off the critics, man. Uh, <laughs> um, it also received nominations for the SAG and WGA Awards. Uh, no need to really dive into the specifics of that, but I wanted to ask you this question, Joseph, and, f- and follow me on this here. Uh, you know, you're, you're a writer. Uh, we're in this kind of world. Um, what makes this series award wor- worthy to us other than Star Wars? Like, awards that you know there's a specific kind of show that gets awards and this one's getting it yeah what what what, what do you think's connecting with voters for the nominating uh, nominating companies? yeah i think there are two things i think one is the uh, artistic and one is the perception uh the artistic mm-hmm. is i think that mandalorian season one and two are just literally very successful drama in that the emotional stakes are clear and high right what is going to happen with the child? What is Din's relationship with the child? Is the child going to be safe? Is Din going to grow and change? There's all of the fun, weird, wild uh, Star Wars stuff. There's all the returning characters that uh, fans get excited about seeing and, and uh, covering the meaning of. But just that essential drama. I think it was Reese, Reese Witherspoon who had like some tweets of like, don't know Star Wars, but I started this Mandalorian and I just can't, I can't even take it. What's going to happen to the baby? You know, uh, I right. think that there is a real power that cuts through everything else. Uh, that it is just about the clear and high emotional stakes of that relationship between uh, Din and Grogu. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I was going to go to the, 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 those deep themes and lessons that, that we love to talk about. And, and this is what I, I love. I, I love teeing you up so you can get into the themes of, of, of award nominations. <laughs> uh, no, really, you know, it's like, it's good stuff. And, and I think that's what's there where even something like the game of Thrones early on, it became this juggernaut. It became something big and bigger than, 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 you know, maybe even it was, and it was pretty damn big. But I think early on, it's the little quiet, intimate moments of what the show is telling us, what the show wants us to think. And and I think Mando succeeds greatly in being, you and I always use that term, tone poem early on and all that kind of stuff. Of just It is really clearly more than a space fantasy. We know Star Wars is that. But for Reese Wither- Witherspoon to be like, hey, I'm invested. <laughs> I don't even know what a lightsaber is. Uh, I think that was the power uh, power of it. And And, and, and look water cooler moment disney's behind it uh to get nominated it's a thing it's a there's the campaign there's you know blah 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 saving private ryan and shakespeare's in love all right we've all heard those horror stories right so there's a little bit of that but i think that's why it's it's worthy to me yeah you're, you're tying into the big themes yeah yeah so i think there's that artistic truth that i that i agree with and i think uh, you know that there's evidence out in the world uh you know anecdotally in a lot of people's lives of people who are not normally all into star wars are all into into this artistic story i i do also wonder if there is just something about perception because Star Wars is, you know, in my opinion, as you and I have discussed, it's this great, strange meeting place of the absurd and the profound. It is a uh, adventure serial B movie with bug eyed monsters that is also based on the, you know, the deepest myth and story cycles of multiple cultures. Um, And I think there's always that tension there. And I think some Star Wars, the... Uh, world or the industry can really concentrate on the it's a B movie and I think even like with the prequels I really feel like Lucas was really like 
yeah, I, I know my deep themes. I know my ideas. But 2002, it's Attack of the Clones. That's the name of it because that's where it comes from. It's not a bad thing. That's part of what this is. And you know, really leaned into the, it's a, look, at they're going to fight monsters in an arena. It's a, it's an adventure serial along with all these other ideas. Um, and even though Mandalorian is doing all of those things, he is fighting monsters. You know, there are weird aliens. There's, you know, uh, fish people, you know, serving clam chowder in space. There's lots of strange, wacky, odd Star Wars uh, things. But there's something about the tone that is so connected to Kurosawa, uh, you know, Sergio mm-hmm. Leone. I think, you know, scenes that do feel like a, a little Scorsese, a little Tarantino. There's a mood and a tone to it that I think makes people who might be gun shy about giving an award to the space movie that feel like it is connected to examples of quote unquote good art, you know? And I really put quote unquote, because that's not the way I feel, but I think it's a perception game that this is connecting to these deeper roots of Kurosawa and Leone. And I think if somebody voting can say that rather than why did he call it attack of the clones? I think that's a real big difference in perception. Perception. That's a great point. I I go to Peter Jackson and the Lord of the Rings stuff, and and his saying, "Look, we we are playing this serious." And it, even then, it took till Return of the King for the Academy to be like, "Fine, <laughs> fine, your wizards and orcs and elves can win an Oscar." When where Two Towers was probably the film that, that maybe deserved it of those three, but that was that. That's just twenty plus years ago, right during that time, that Lucas time. And you're right. And then plus George. Brings in a different style of, of, of directing and, and the acting and all those kind of things we know and have talked about for years. But I think you're right. It's changed. But even then, you know, you and I talked about last week about how animation is even viewed within the industry. Uh, oh, you're right. You're right. Animation. Got it. Um, it's viewed a little differently. So I think with awards, I think there's that stuffiness does exist. And I like I, I like what you're saying. Perception of of them going. <laughs> let me tell you about what this means. Makes them feel good, and then they can both. Yeah, go. yeah. And, and I mean, it is good. It's it's real good. That's the other thing I'll say. I think Mandalorian's real good. <laughs> and that's the thing at the end of the day. It's also real good. Uh, final story of the day. Uh, some uh, reports uh, are claiming that two additional directors are on board for Andor. Uh, This isn't like super, super scoop or rumor-based. It seems pretty cut and dry. Discussing Film is reporting that Ben Karen and Susanna White are joining Andor as directors. Of course, previously, Toby Haynes was named as one of the directors. Tony Gilroy, the showrunner now. Uh, Karen is uh, most known for directing 11 episodes of The Crown. He's also listed as an EP for 20 of those episodes, which sometimes can mean absolutely nothing. Sometimes it means everything. Um, he's also uh, directed episodes of Skins, Sherlock, and Wallander. Uh, not familiar with that one, I will admit. Uh, White directed the uh, the movie, the feature-length pictures, Nancy McPhee Returns, and Woman Walks Ahead. has several, several television directing credits, including Generation Kill, uh, underrated great HBO show from a year, few years ago, Masters of Sex, and 
billions. Nothing official. We should know nothing official from Disney Lucasfilm. 12 episode season uh, still set for a mid 2022 release or roughly. Uh, all right. Any thoughts uh, and maybe hopes for these directors uh, and uh, the and or series now? Just? Yeah. I mean, if these uh, directors end up uh, being true, that's it's awesome to see uh, more and more directors, more and more voices getting to play in the Star Wars galaxy. Just I don't know. I'm not familiar with all of these uh, shows and movies that these directors have uh, worked on. But just looking at them as a whole, a lot of them have a mix of, yeah, there's some action, there's some adventure in some of them. But a lot of them are about, you know, real interpersonal drama. And that Mm -hmm. is making me feel even more that Andor is going to be true espionage, true episodes of maybe even Andor undercover, true episodes where... You know, there isn't a lot of action, but the tension comes from the fact that action and violence could explode at any minute. You know, just some kind of real slow burn, high tension uh, episodes, as well as, you know, moments, I'm sure, of big space whiz bang adventure. But that's what it's making me feel to see the the um, just the totality of the kinds of shows that they have worked on. Yeah, I, I love looking at the the resumes and and, and seeing what what connects and and Andor has just from the beginning uh, and 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 your call of get someone from the Americans involved, uh, whether or not uh, Stephen Schiff stayed stayed on or not, and uh, not doesn't really uh, count here. But uh, looking at the Crown, I'm not super. I know the Crown. I haven't watched the Crown, and I have to admit, occasionally, I uh, early on when I heard people talking about the Crown, I thought they were talking about that other series, The Royals with Elizabeth Hurley. <laughs> uh, Totally different, but yeah, same time. Yeah, you're, that thing you said, just uh, ready to explode, interpersonal drama, ready to pew 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 its way forward. Um, not that there's a lot of laser blasts in the uh, House of Windsor, but you know, you never. Know. <laughs> That's only uh, you know close, I think. <laughs> close, close. They maybe they want to. So yeah, I, I think it's a it's smart to pull from uh, those kind of credits and see what they can bring uh, there. Uh, White uh, having uh, the ability to to manage and, and, and be in charge of, of features of, of any level uh, is, uh, is very important when you're, when you're working with something as uh, big and, you know, unruly as it might be with Star Wars, you know, that big galaxy, that big property. So that's good stuff. Potentially really good choices. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see if it's all official. We're waiting. I, I love the silence sometimes. Sometimes I hate the silence. Um, I like the Lucasfilm's just like, hey, we'll get the Andor. We'll get there. Don't you worry. Don't you? Yeah, worry. Yeah, they're working on it, and they'll make a big thing of it uh, when it comes. And uh, it, I'm I'm still so excited yeah. about it. You know, just taking that step back. You know, you you putting forward all these directors made me remember, like, really just take that step back and you know remember who Tony Tony Gilroy is. Remember the other things he's done outside of Star Wars. You know, so much work on the Bourne series, and just imagining you know that mm-hmm. Andor could basically be Jason Bourne meets Flash Gordon. <laughs> it sounds pretty yeah. damn exciting to me. It does. Excited indeed for this series. We are here at Force Center. I said that as much as I could, like Yoda. All right, before we take a quick break and get to your questions, we're going to do our Force Center Recommends, an audiobook we think you should try out on us. And this one's kind of a homework assignment. It is. It's A Test of Courage by Justina Ireland. This is one of the new High Republic books. We're going to be discussing it on Thursday. So we suggest you check it out. Check it out indeed and check it out on us by downloading your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center. 
for your free audio book. All right, let's take a quick break. On the other side, we got some great questions from great listeners here on Force. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. 
Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at Jennifer Landa and on TikTok as Jennifer Landa 1138. Welcome back to Force Center. It's our news and cues, which means, Joseph, it's time for those cues. That is right. We always get questions from Twitter and our patrons on Patreon. So we have four great questions. We'll go to Twitter first. Our first question comes comes from Katia Barga. Uh, and Katia says, do you think there is uh, any chance, do you think there is any chance to see Grogu and Luke training? Where do you go with this, Ken? What's your just first emotional gut instinct? Yes. <laughs> Solid. Why? <laughs> In other media, I think I don't, I, I just, I don't, I mean, first of all, at this point, I don't put anything past the show. And I mean that in a good way, by the way, that it's not like they're pulling tricks. And especially now that Favreau has said, and you and I really, I don't think we've taken a deep dive into this on Force Center. We wanted to maybe avoid the bigger conversation around it, but that news, it was, that was from Favreau of like, yeah, we didn't really plan on Luke. The writing just kind of took it there. So Dave could, uh, Dave and John, John more specifically in this case could be like, yeah, you know, it'd be nice. Let's just do Luke and Yoda or Grogu training, you know? Sure. Why not? <laughs> so I don't want to bet against it, but I, I do think another me, this, this would be a great comic, Luke and Grogu, the training days. Yeah. I, I am totally in the same place with you. Uh, my gut instinct is absolutely yes. And I think there's this big question of, is it going to make sense in the story for the television show The Mandalorian to come back around to seeing Din and Grogu meet again on screen? Um, mm -hmm. Or is it going to show up somewhere else? But it's just too interesting of an idea to not be, you know, seen at some point. It's something that I think fans would be uh, too excited about. So I do think, I think I lean toward the instinct that that Din and Grogu will see one another again before Din's adventures are over. It it just feels like yeah. that was the show so much, and, and it makes sense that Din would have learned a lot from Grogu and now be going off on this next uh, step of his journey is the accidental holder of the Darksaber. And what does that mean? And having to deal with the armorer and the truth of the way he was raised. He, he's got a lot of adventures to have, but it feels right to me that his adventure will bring him back to Grogu in some way, whether that, or, yeah. you know, whether or not that means we see Luke and Grogu training in the show. I don't know. I think it, it really depends on if the rest of the storytelling moves in that way. Um, yeah. But I think this is the other thing that this excites me about is even if it, the storytelling goes in a certain direction and, and it doesn't make sense to, to see that or to literally see Din and Grogu uh, reconnect in the show, there's just no way that somebody at some time, even mm -hmm. if it's 20 years from now, is not going to go, 
I want to do that animated series of Luke and Grogu training. I want to do that yeah. comic book. I want to do that young adult book that fills in that story. Star Wars has such a grand tradition of, uh, you know, fans uh, and creators who become a, a part of the thing that they loved. There's no way that that somebody is not going to insist someday on, please, I have an idea for why it would be meaningful, why it would add to the tapestry of Star Wars. We need to see that training. Uh, I think it's going to happen someday in some way eventually. I have faith. I have a lot of faith in that indeed. Uh, be fun. Maybe a video game. Yeah. <laughs> Just grow go. But like an old side to side crawling. Oh man. Scroll I would love um, that. Yeah. I would pay good money to just be able to just smash the A button and see if I can get <laughs> Grogu to lift a rock without turning to the dark side. That would be great. I would love that. Uh we'll also we'll see how the story goes. I, I also think that there's some there's some great storytelling. Obviously we want to find out, you know, where does Grogu end up? You know, it's is is Grogu piloting one of those ships at the end of Rides of Skywalker? You know, uh, or is he chilling in Mortis or does he go back to Yothan or the imaginary planet that we've created where his species comes from? We don't know. Um, so there's yeah. there's the completing of Grogu's story. It's also just this really interesting part of Luke's journey to me that uh, what I find most fascinating about his appearance in Mandalorian is how focused Luke is on training and mastery is the answer to everything. That's what this, you know, that's how Luke felt he failed is by not completing his training and not being uh, serious minded enough. Um, and then we have uh, him thinking that Grogu will only be safe if he's trained. We later then have Luke saying in Last Jedi that he felt it was hubris that he thought he was such a good teacher that he could uh, stand up to the darkness that was in Ben Solo which to me suggests just from a sort of linear place, maybe the story will go somewhere else that Luke has success in training Grogu. And it's maybe one of the feathers in his cap that makes him think I'm a really good teacher and I can, I can pass on, you know, everything that is strong about me to Ben. So there's a part of me that feels like, how does that training go? It, it makes sense to me that it goes well and that that would be a, a really interesting part of Luke's journey if it does. I love what you're suggesting there because, you know, I understand, I get where the questions came from. Does this mean Grogu was killed by Kylo? Eh, no, 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 not at all. And, and like I said, yeah, what if, what if, imagine this, what if it all goes well? <laughs> right. It all goes well. And, and that's part of, you know, we talk about from, from Mando to Last Jedi, that the journey of Luke and where he starts. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's, he's, he's pretty confident right now. Not our word hubris, but he's confident. He knows what he's doing. He, he's no, he knows what he's out there trying to do. And if this is, uh, you, you said a feather in, in, in the cap, uh, 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 an achievement on his resume, and, and look what I can do. I took this kid that had some issues, had some attachment things, had some things going on, been through some trauma. A lot of trauma, and, and yeah. A lot of trauma, yeah. And now look at him. He, you know, and wherever that goes. And yeah, maybe he's, he's in one of those ships that rides Skywalker. I, I love that. I love what you're suggesting of, of what if it, what if it goes? Yeah, well? I love this. I, I took this kid with a lot of trauma. I trained him well. And now he's the ruler of Mandalore. He rules Mandalore. <laughs> yeah. It also, you reminded me uh, this whole new, uh, this whole question. I, I actually think I've totally forgot that, that we've got, we've got some Mando related publishing coming out. That's right. I totally forgot that. Totally forgot. That's right. We have like a, a, a full adult novel as well as a bunch of other stuff, right? 
Giggity, adult novel indeed coming our way from Mando. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, totally forgot that. Not, I'm not suggesting that Luke and Grogu are part of that, but you know, uh, it's interesting to just like, well, wait, we are going to get some outside the show story. So, hmm, yeah, see. fascinating stuff. Great question. And I, I, I can't wait to see uh, someday, some way, Grogu and Luke training away. Uh, we're going to move on to our next question from Jeremiah Allen. Jeremiah says, any memories of the Shadows of the Empire campaign? Can't believe we're coming up on the 25th anniversary of that multimedia project. (laughs) Speaking of trauma, are you traumatized, Ken, by the 25th anniversary of Shadows of the Empire? Just right before the pandemic really hit and and late 2019, I was at my 25th anniversary uh, high school reunion thingy. And now this question may remember I'm now closer, closer to the 30th anniversary, <laughs> which I only thought was in like boomer movies in the eighties. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'll never, Oh, 30th high school reunion. Pfft, what am I ancient? <laughs> oh, so, um, anyways, numbers, but also this is around that time. Uh, shadows empire was post, uh, just uh, in, in college during my radio days, all those kind of things post high school. So it was a weird time. So anyway, sorry, I jumped in with some nostalgia pain. No, I mean, that's a part of it is that these uh, these moments in Star Wars are tied to uh, the various points in time that we encountered them. So you're uh, you're in college. You're spinning uh, some vinyl for the kids on the airwaves. Uh, do you how do you interact with uh, Shadows of the Empire? How are you aware of it? How do you feel about it? Yeah, man, this is where, uh, you know. I don't even say grumpy can emerges, but is it a know, dark time the, for the rebellion? <laughs> yeah. For the, you know, fan films and legends. I feel I've had some of these conversations lately uh, on the show where I, I sometimes sound, sound like I'm, I'm being negative. I, I didn't, I didn't interact with Shadows of the Empire too well. I played the game when we weren't playing Goldeneye, my friends and I on, on Friday nights, wasting our lives, having like uh, Oreos, just sleeves of Oreos <laughs> and soda and I wonder where my health problems come from. Uh, we would stop Goldeneye long enough for WCW versus NWO to play Shadows of the Empire. And I remember being blown away by Hoth. And your great joke about, great, a new video game and a new way to take down a walker. <laughs> Definitely the first one that was like, whoa. So I love that. But then I pulled away from the story. I pulled away from the merch. I've, I've joked before, but I, I would go through. And believe me, I was in toy stores during this time, collecting other figures and stuff, and including, you know, Power of the Force too. But seeing the... Shadow of the Empire, Empire figures, and just going, I don't know what's going on there. And it didn't grab me. And it never did. I never read the novel. Didn't play, don't remember much past Hoth on the game itself. I just don't. I just didn't connect to it. And one of the reasons why, then I'll, I'll kick it back to you here, Joseph. So one of the reasons around this time, because I was also starting to go like doing film school stuff and was really plugged into the cinema scene at the time, like, there the, the wasn't just rumors like it was there was magazine articles of like new star wars movies coming and so i was focused on that so i was excited by a new video game and new things and, and the excitement for shadows of the empire was there for me but i was like great cool silly video game george is making movies guys george is doing the real thing and that is what i remember about this time period too. okay that makes a ton of sense yeah um for me i would have been in college as well doing uh you know, a lot of uh, sketch uh, comedy, sketch and improv comedy. Um, and yeah, really, really starting to have that part of my life be the primary part of my life. Like at, at 
by that point, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah no, I'll finish college, but it doesn't matter because I'm just going to get on stage. Like I was finishing my visual right. art degree that I already knew I wasn't going to use because I wanted to be uh, performing and writing. Uh, so uh, I was multitasking at uh, <laughs> uh, coming up with dubious career choices uh, at that time in my life. Uh, but I was so, so all in on the power of the force action figures, uh, as we've talked about on that, you know, looming promise of the, in 97, the uh, 20th anniversary special editions coming out and the rumblings of the new films and all that. So I think I was a little bit there with you too, of like really looking forward to, but it's going to be on the big screen again. Um, so my memory of shadows of the empire is mostly looking at the figures, but the biggest is that video game. Uh, yeah, N64 mm-hmm. uh, is a absolute golden eye junkie, uh, just like you. Uh, for me, it was, you know, how quickly can I eat the pepperoni pizza and then get the grease off the hands uh, for the controller? <laughs> how can I manage these two dreams at once? Um, <laughs> uh, but I think Shadows of the Empire was the first, you know, three-dimensional video game that that I played. And I remember... Uh, just trying to move around and thinking this, I, I, ha- I can't walk in a straight line and this is the most amazing thing that's happened. You know, I loved mm-hmm. video games um, and, and played a lot of Star Wars games where the graphics were not super cool, but it didn't matter because I was uh, playing Star Wars. Uh, and I remember being really terrified by the uh, IG-88 scene where you, you couldn't mm-hmm. tell where, where he was and, you know, where he was coming. So I really love the Shadows of the Empire game. Um, the action figures, I, I never read the book, and I, at some point I'm going to pick it up and read it. Uh, and the action figures, uh, my strongest memory is, as those Power of the Force 2 figures were rolling out, it was really like, okay, when are they going to make this character that I know they're going to make? And one of them was uh, Leia in her bounty hunter uh, disguise, disguise uh, Bush, 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 however you pronounce it, uh, however you choose to pronounce it. Um, and remembering that she came out first, on the Shadows of the Empire uh, purple card. So I picked right. her up and I was really excited about it and I had one to open and one in the package. Um, and then, and, and now this is, I think this is a uh, timing thing. I know that for some people, Shadows of the Empire is huge because it's one of the first places they encountered Star Wars and, you know, tastes yeah. are different. And I mean, no disrespect. For me, some of the aesthetic of Shadows of the Empire uh, didn't feel as Star Wars. It felt a little bit more like, Zizor could be an alien from Star Trek or, you know, mm-hmm. any number of different or, you know, uh, Battlestar Galactica back in the day. Uh, you know, right. so Zizor didn't feel as specific. And I, it was, I looked this up as Chewy Bounty Hunter as Snuva, disguised as Snuva mm-hmm. that you've mentioned. And he's got that, that yeah. flat top cut. <laughs> yes. And, you know, back then I was even more adamant yes. about Star Wars is supposed to feel timeless. There should be nothing modern in it. And, you know, I've relaxed <laughs> about that as I've relaxed about many things. But back then I was not relaxed about that. And like, no, that Chewie looks like he should be wearing like sneakers. You know, <laughs> no, no. Uh, so Chewie upset me. Uh, but I thought the Luke was pretty cool. Uh, so I have really mixed memories. I didn't fully engage with it, but I was really happy that it was there. I was happy that it was a part of the yeah. the clear renaissance of Star Wars uh, in that there was there was more to come. And in retrospect, you know, as I get older, I am just fascinated by the, de- the uh, decision to do this of mm-hmm. let's do this campaign that is everything but a movie is fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. 
especially compared to what stuff's going on now, High Republic. I mean, gosh, you're looking at the groundwork. Yeah. And and you're right. It, it, you know, there was definitely an excitement of like Star Wars, you know, especially following the Zon stuff. It's like, it's there, it's out there. It's there for you. And, and you know, a lot, a lot of competing interests in my life at the time, including trying to establish who the hell I was in this world. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty big one. Yeah. Uh, but I know Shadows of the Empire uh, means a lot to people, uh, and I'm very, very excited for them to celebrate it. I hope it gets celebrated a little bit, because it is a big, important chapter in the story of Star Wars. And yeah, I might make time to read that book. We're, our time is pressed uh, with all these great new Star Wars books coming out, but I would really love to read the book. And, you know, I've read the Wikipedia summaries, uh, you know, the the thrust of the story, but I've never sat down and read the actual book, which I would really like to do. And it is, it's really fascinating. I kind of think High Republic is the closest we've had to something like it since then. Because everything else that's been, you know, a a campaign of books or or toys has been on a television show like Clone Wars or, you know, new movies. High Republic, you know, there's. I wanted to ask you, now that High Republic is rolling out and we're enjoying the books, do you wish it was more like Shadows of the Empire? Do you wish there was also a High Republic video game right now and... You know, I, I wish there were action figures, but let's be honest, uh, Funko Pops. Yeah. Do you wish it was uh, a modern version of Shadows of the Empire, that it wasn't right now just publishing, but it was kind of everything but the screen? Everything everything but the girl, which is a great 90s trip-hop band that I was playing on the radio at this time. There it all ties back. Uh, yeah, no, I think I wanted to get there. I think I'm okay with it being just publishing because even the publishing is proven to be overwhelming for some I've, I've i've got some people reaching out on my discord uh star wars alice hello alice even just today was like I, look i don't know if i have time or, or the interest in the comic books will i feel lost and i think there's already so much and there's already you know so many things competing for all of our interests including the crown or <laughs> uh you know uh, sherlock Bridgerton. Um, and it's a- bridgeton there you go me more british gardening shows if i can find them um so yeah, I'm okay with it right now, but I want I want to get to that. I want a video game, and a little quite frankly, I, you know, TV show whether Acolyte even touches it, I don't know. I'm not even concerned about that right now. But yeah, I, I would love to see it grow, but I'm good with it right now. But then, again, this is a great template for it. It can succeed. Yeah, absolutely. I think there is a part of me that because I like the publishing initiative, I really want to mm-hmm. see other things. But I I think a lot of the strength that is coming from this is that it was clearly a publishing initiative. And it wasn't necessarily uh, gummed up in in all the other, uh, you know, different uh, mediums, you know. But now that it does seem to be successful with a lot of us, I would love to mm-hmm. experience it in all these different ways that as Star Wars fans, we get to experience stories, which is, you know, uh, merch and video games and all that. So I would be excited to have it uh, evolve into a Shadows of the Empire experience. Yeah. Uh, agreed. Second. Great question. And thanks. Uh, thanks for our 25th Shadows of the Empire reunion that we had right here on air. Uh, Jeremiah, great question. Uh, and we will move on to our questions from our patrons on Patreon. This one is from Will Culbertson. Will, in the grand tradition of Force Center, which we heartily approve, uh, has some uh, caveats and nuance in his question. So here we go. Let me preface this question by stating that I adore Solo, a Star Wars story. I'm actively rooting for a Disney Plus series that will continue the story from where it left off. 
and I loved both Alden and Donald's portrayals of Han and Lando, respectively. All that being said, here's my question. Do you think, in the spirit of pushing the boundaries of filmmaking technology that Star Wars and Lucasfilm uh, are well known for, that replacing Alden and Donald's faces with digital versions of young Harrison and Billy D for the duration of the film was ever actively discussed behind the scenes at Lucasfilm. They clearly were trying it on other projects, given the Tarkin and Leia scenes we got in Rogue One. Is it possible that given the time, effort, and cost of those scenes, they eventually let the idea fall by the wayside? Or did they just know from the start that doing so would be impractical and simply focused on finding the best actors to portray the younger versions of these iconic characters, which again, I think they did brilliantly. Thanks. So this is great. This is a, a thought experiment. I will very, uh, very specifically not saying this is the way it should have been, but do you think they ever considered doing it this different way? And if so, uh, you know, how would that have gone? Why would they have not done that? So Ken, where do you go with this? Do you think it was ever considered? I don't think it was ever discussed, ever, uh, at least then. Uh, if they were to do this now, perhaps you could be looking at that. And that's, but, but that's because Tarkin in Rogue One, I think, was some level of success. Uh, Leia, less so in Rogue One, maybe, but that's just our perception. Who knows, in-house, if they were like, yep, we got it. And um, Leia and Rise of Skywalker is another example. And those are two, I enjoy uh, those two roles a lot. But I, I don't, I just don't think you, it would doesn't make sense to me that these two roles were ever seriously discussed that way um, back in, you know, five, six years ago while, you, while they're doing this. Um, I still wonder, I've mentioned this before, I don't know, I haven't looked it up. I, I still wonder sometimes union rules and whose faces, you know, that doesn't guy, what guy, uh, not Pierce, but uh, whoever, uh, the, uh, the, the, the gentleman who was Guy Henry, I believe. Uh, Henry, thank you. Uh, and I now forget the name of the, of the, Leia performer, Jamie Stan, Stangrip's got a great interview with her. If you can check that out too. And I, I, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not, not an expert on this. Uh, I am, uh, but I sometimes wonder if just, you know, that's a consideration for some of that stuff as well. Times have changed. Her, I can't imagine Harrison doing that, but also since then he's starred opposite of fake dog. So <laughs> I, I, I got, I, I imagine Billy D would have been like, you should have cast me from the start. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So anyways, that's kind of where I start for that. Yeah, I think so. I think that I agree with you. I think it probably wasn't actively discussed because I think those roles were just way too large for the technology for one reason. Uh, And I think that there is um, those those roles are so large. Right. And whatever you think Mm -hmm. of uh, Tarkin or uh, Luke in The Mandalorian, it's clear that there's still a divide, right? The Tarkin, we've heard uh, just anecdotally uh, from listeners, everything from uh, people being like, I didn't even know that was digital or my mom didn't know that was digital. I thought he hasn't passed away yet, you know, to those of us who are just like, yeah, no, it's, it's on Kenny Valley. It's creepy. Like there, the response to it is clearly uh, mixed. And that's one thing to have for a character like Tarkin, who's in it for a brief amount of time and is being portrayed, uh, you know, a, a, a an actor that is, has passed away. I think it's really, really different to even consider. Like, we we need all this heart and soul and humanity to shine through from young uh, Han and young Lando. And the technology might be there to experiment with a cameo and celebrate the tradition of Lucasfilm and, and push the uh, technology forward but it is not there. The humanity isn't there to, to carry the film. I, I think that mm. just that 
basic concern would have prevented a lot of exploring of that idea. Yeah. And I think jokes aside, but Harrison Ford had been like, no, give it to some kid and have them, have him make some choices. Like I, he's all in on that kind of stuff. And, and I, I still think whether or not you like solo or not, and, and will uh, clearly does, uh, I, I still, I don't know if, I don't know if it's because I was such a fan of the young Indiana Jones Chronicles TV show where I'm like, yeah, no, that's Sean Patrick Flannery. <laughs> I, I, I never tech tech stuff aside. I think that was part of the great risk too of Lucasfilm of like, let's take a chance and reimagine and recast this role as a younger, as a younger person. Uh, and that's part of our uh, pushing things forward, pushing the boundaries as well. Uh, you listening might've, might've agreed with that or disagreed that uh, it was successful, but I think that was part of the factor, uh, factor, uh, factoring in the decisions. I should. Yeah. Say. Yeah. And, and I totally agree with, and, and want to underline your, yeah, this is, this is a massive legal conversation as well. Yes. You know, there's, you can talk about it, uh, from that a little bit more of like, what's the industry version of, of deep fake where you just put somebody's face mm-hmm. on it. Well, you still will need somebody like Harrison Ford's permission. Uh, then there's the de-aging, yeah. right? Of like, does Harrison Ford want to run around and, and get de-aged? Uh, but uh, any version of Harrison Ford's face in the film Solo uh, would have had to go through Harrison Ford, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, the, for the deepfake stuff, I think we're still going to figure out what to do with that. Um, that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, I wasn't working at that, at that company that did those George Lucas uh, deepfakes back in the day. I don't know why it collider. I worked, everyone knows that. Uh, <laughs> I was there during that time, but like that was, that was talked about. Like, is this going to get shut? Like, is this a problem? We didn't know, you know, it's, it's a new frontier. And, uh, um, uh, you know, I think you're right. And, and, and they, you know, again, the estates of the Tarkin, uh, Tarkin, the, the Tarkin estate. Yes. The, the, <laughs> Peter Cushman's estate, uh, 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 Carrie Fisher, everything. We, yeah, yeah, you're, you're yeah, right. Yeah, the big stuff. The uh, Cushing estate signed off, right? Uh, uh, Carrie Fisher signed off uh, on that. Uh, Mark Hamill is obviously present for uh, Mandalorian. So it, it is also just to, totally about, like, you know, what would have uh, Harrison Ford and Billy D. Williams wanted? And, yeah, who knows? It is very, very fun to imagine. I have no idea if it happened. It's very fun to imagine that conversation with Harrison Ford going, you want to do what with my face in a computer? No. <laughs> yeah yeah and what and i want to make clear too caveats caveats when i say billy d would do it i don't mean that like a he'd do anything but just like he'd be kind of be like yes no i'm i'm lando yeah i mean he's <laughs> really in a harrison ford has embraced uh star wars a lot more than we had ever uh thought he might from some of his grumpy years yes. uh but he's still yes. being very you know tasteful and and specific about it uh tasteful from his perspective and billy d is out there going like yeah let's do this let's celebrate so you know i think if they're you know we don't know anything about that lando show they didn't announce anything uh casting wise you know and i think a a lot of us have floated that you know what if it is the calrissian chronicles and it's billy d williams narrating (laughs) you know donald glover's adventures and like that's a fun and interesting thing to think about and that feels like the kind of thing where you know, Billy D. Williams is excited to continue, uh, you know, holding the mantle or sharing the mantle now of Lando. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Exactly. Excellent. Uh, excellent question. Will, thank you. We go on to our final question from Adam Knight. Adam says, I promised myself that my next question to the pod would be much more lighthearted. Uh, that is a reference to Adam asked a really great question about just kind of dealing with some of the realities of the ups and downs of fan conversation. Uh, I think right around the new year, we uh, discussed that and it was a great question. So Adam's back with a lighthearted question. 
So Adam asks, who's your long shot choice to win the Star Wars Galaxy's hottest new hollow reality vid, Dancing Amongst the Stars? <laughs> Not impossible to happen, also a Disney property. And the candidates that Adam lists to be just a long shot choice to win Dancing Amongst the Stars, uh, he includes Mieber Gascon, Bib Fortuna, Kylo Ren, Din Djarin, and of course, Dexter Jetster. I would be happy to see all of those characters dance, uh, preferably together. Uh, how about you, Ken? Who are your long shot choices? I mean, Adam says this is just kind of a lighthearted, simple question. I think he put hours of research into the schedule. <laughs> I got to tell you, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going with the wild card pick. I think I'm going Mieber. I know I, I have a sense you might have a strong soft spot in your heart, a strong soft spot in your heart for Mieber. But I think Mieber would have surprised everybody and uh, be discounted and overlooked and, and, and prove himself once again. Yeah, it fits his character. That, that's what Mieber does is prove himself when he's doubted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who do you think would Mieber's uh, partner be? Um, I think his partner, I could see his partner end up being like a, like a mouse droid. <laughs> um, and you're thinking, well, that's not a lot of, you know, you can't dance with a mouse droid. But here's the thing. Uh, my buddy, Josh McCuga, his father, who's in his like early 70s, does this thing called the chair dance at the wedding, uh, at, at weddings. <laughs> and at Josh and Amanda's wedding, I finally witnessed it. And his dad does this wonderful, full-on, five-minute, impromptu dance routine with a chair. <laughs> and it's impressive. Flips it, dances it, you know, dances with it, dips it. Uh, it's amazing. So I think Mieber could do that. Surprise everybody and dance with a mouse. Oh, I love this. I, I picture it ending with a uh, Mieber splayed on top of the mouse droid and then a you know, bucket of water pouring over both of them. <laughs> You're a maniac. I misread Adam's question. And at first I thought that he was asking, uh, and, and this was nothing with Adam's question. It was just me reading too fast and getting excited that he was asking like who would actually win uh, in the Star Wars galaxy. And my, my sincere answer of who would, just kick butt is uh, the team up of Quinlan Voss and Asajj Ventress. Uh, I think they've got some really good moves between them and obviously great chemistry. Uh, but then I read the question and actually understood it and like, oh, yes, who who would be long shot choices like Mieber yes. and the Mouse Droid? And I came up with uh, my beloved uh, Lulilo Primak, that weirdo, the singing upside down frog in a jar because I want to see that <laughs> frog dance in a jar. And I thought, who, who could this uh, strange upside down space frog in a vat possibly dance with. And the answer to me was obvious. And that is Claude. I think we need to see Claude bust some moves. <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, that's a great choice. <laughs> I don't know. Get out there and dance, Claude. Huh? <laughs> great, great question, Adam. Uh, great question. Will, Jeremiah and Katia, thank you uh, so much for all of these great questions. That's it for the questions, Ken. It is indeed. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter or submit questions there. We have a pinned tweet and you can respond to that there. You can uh, find that at Force Center Pod. We are on Instagram and YouTube, Facebook pages, Force Center Podcast. Podcast is available on Anchor, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher TuneIn, and now Amazon Music. We have merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And you can support us directly. We got some new supporters this weekend. We appreciate it. you can support us directly at patreon.com slash force center 
that is something that, uh, you know, you might want to consider. Uh, also, uh, we uh, like to highlight some of the uh, stuff we do on our own. Uh, there's a lot of stuff. You know, we're spinning plates. You can follow me at Ken Knapsack or go to KenNapsack.com. And, uh, Joseph, I know we like to highlight uh, charities, and I forgot to mention this before, so f- doing this on the fly, I apologize. Uh, but we we retweeted some information, but we want to highlight uh, the fine folks at the Katana Cast are, are working with uh, Sisters with Sabres to uh, organize a fundraiser benefiting the Loveland Foundation, uh, and this is uh, titled, uh, their GoFundMe is There Are More of Us, love that. Uh, and uh, this uh, is something going on right now. We did retweet it. You can go uh, go to their podcast web pay, uh, podcast Twitter feed at uh, the Katana Cast. Uh, that's like Jabba's Sail Barge. And uh, connect to the GoFundMe there. Uh, and uh, this is uh, a great little thing going on. It's a nonprofit organization offering access to therapy and other mental health services to communities of color, particularly to black women, girls, cis, or trans, who might not have access to benefit from these services. Otherwise, 100% of the donations will go towards this cause. We just wanted to highlight that as well. Yeah, I think that's great. Thank you so much for highlighting that, Ken. Um, yeah, and and if you want to find that link, you can just scroll back. It wasn't that long ago, like within the last week, that we retweeted it. So it's right there on our Force Center pod Twitter as well. Uh, for my own adventures, you can find me Twitter and Instagram at Joseph Grimshaw, and you can go to my website, josephsgrimshaw.com, for all my other comedy adventures. In particular, uh, this coming Sunday, as we're recording, is Valentine's Day, and I am doing a comedy variety scavenger hunt online show with my friends, uh, The Double Clicks. The Double Clicks will do some great uh, music and comedy. I'm going to say some comedy words, and then we got several uh, different uh, funny couples from the entertainment world uh, to do a weird scavenger hunt in their home, you know, for Valentine's Day. So if you're interested in that, there are tickets on the very front of my website, josephsgrimshaw.com. Check out the very front of the website. (laughs) Speaking of uh, jargon from 1996. (laughs) I have the front of a website as well. Uh, You got to work on your front page, everybody. Work on your front page. Oh, man. Uh, that is it for this week. Uh, fun episode. Thanks for your questions, uh, everyone out there. Really appreciate uh, them. Uh, fun news. We are going to be diving into test uh, a test of courage on Thursday. So if you need to finish up the book, go check out that Audible trial link if you want, or just maybe uh, if you have the hard copy. Uh, quick read. Get through it. Get through it. A lot of fun. Can't wait to discuss it. So that is it for this week. We'll see you all here on Force. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.